Hello and welcome to Frameskip. This is your weekly dose of video game news and discussions. I'd like to time to thank you for joining us and hope you enjoy the show. If you do, remember to subscribe and give us a nice review. It really helps the show. As always, I am joined by the ladies' man, Elijah Steele. Hello there. What's up, buddy? Nothing too much. Uh, feeling feeling good tonight. How are you? Uh, pretty good. I know we just talked for an hour, but I'm going to pretend like we, we just started talking because it makes I don't know what you're crazy. talking about. We've only been here for like five minutes. Yep, five minutes. Uh, how you been this week? Good, good. Uh, I've actually been gaming a lot, which, I mean, there's nothing else to do right now. But also, I've been watching a lot of anime. And, uh, Which anime are you watching? I started rewatching Initial D, which is one of, one of my all-time favorites. It's it, a racing anime, right? Yes, it's all okay. about downhill drift racing uh, from the 90s. And because of that, I've started listening to 90s Eurobeat music all the time. That's pretty cool. I, I don't know what 90s Eurobeat music is, but I can only imagine. Um, yeah, it's actually crazy right now because my music tastes are either 90s Eurobeat music or the Hamilton soundtrack. Um, That's vastly different. Uh, the, the big two. Yeah, um, yeah the big two. <laughs> 90s Eurobeat makes everything you do that much more amazing. Like if you're listening, say you have a song on while you're brushing your teeth. It's the most BA teeth brushing session you've ever had. Uh, I was in my car coming home from work. I think it was yesterday, and the Tokyo Drift theme came on. Man, uh, that's a good one. What a pop! Right, that song is so good. I wish they threw a little more variety in, in like the middle of the song, but that I can listen to it for a solid forty-five seconds, and that forty-five seconds is the best forty-five seconds of music I think I could possibly get. Good old karaoke boys. Because really, it is just the same like thirteen seconds oh, yeah. repeated over and over and over again. But it's a good, it's a good thirteen seconds that you can handle four or five times in a row. I wonder if you know know that if in Tokyo, yeah, drift, 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 and then you heard him, the great and powerful George Loftus. Oh, thank you. Hi, I'm George. I'm glad you were. I'm glad you joined us this week again because otherwise it would have been a one on one with me and Elijah. I like those episodes. I'm not gonna lie. Um, well, we can we can like me and Elijah can handle that. Oh yeah, like I think it makes it a little more interesting. I might just run right now, just so I can get one of those episodes. George Railroad Martin. George Railroad Martin. It's me. Yeah, that's a deep cut. That is a deep cut. No, ninety nine. I'm pretty actually. You know, I'm I'm almost positive. One hundred percent of people aren't going to understand what that means. You know, it's funny, but like when quarantine started, I uh, I actually went back and started listening to like older Beyonds, just out of like. Oh, so sheer... you you get it. You yeah. understand what that meant? Yeah. Okay. I remember I first started listening to Beyond like around Dead Space 2, uh, Killzone 3 era. I was like a junior in college. Good. And uh, yeah, I just went back and started listening from there while I was playing like older PS3 games. Like I, I was trophy hunting in Burnout Paradise. I really think the Beyond era of Greg, Colin and Clements, and you can even extend that to like Goldfarb, is like the some of the best podcasting that it's ever been recorded. Completely like I, I, I would, Put that on the level of like Joe Rogan, like the, the best Joe Rogan episodes. Um, I'm about to share like, a birthday with Joe Rogan. You do? Yes. But like, 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 man, those those old Beyond episodes with those three are just so so good. And like, you had, I mean, because like, <clears throat> you had the foremost PlayStation experts probably in the world all together, just just killing it on the podcast scene, dude. That was, and that's what that's what that's what you know got me to do 
like way better at podcasting too, just listening to them. So it's awesome. You listen to them. Yeah. It's been fun going back. Uh, just getting up to the launch of the PlayStation four. Like I'm, I'm doing it just to try to like, remember that era. Like as we're going into PlayStation five, just trying to remember like what the last console launch was like up um, to the PlayStation four. That was like what, that was the return of Goldfarb, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Good for him. He's working a sucker punch now, I think, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. That's what I thought. I saw his tweet about Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, but George, you said you were playing Ghost of Tsushima, right? Oh my god, I love that game. That is probably let's not, my... let's, not, let's let's jump right into our weekly games. Like, so you've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Give us you, your opinion on it. Um, it is probably my favorite game of the PlayStation Four era so far. Like my favorite exclusive Whoa. so far. Wow. Um, I know that's like a minority opinion, and like the game absolutely has problems. Um, but man, I really enjoy it. It's just such a serene experience. Like I was just. I went through, I explored the first island before I did like any of the main missions. Like I did the cleared all the fog of war just because I wanted to see what this world was. Mm -hmm. And it's just so relaxing. Like you can just go like there's little areas all around the map where like you literally go and write haikus and you just like you kneel and you just like look at there's like three points of interest that you can like look at with the right stick. And then each thing you look at is like corresponds to like a line of the haikus. There's like three rounds and then you just like recite a haiku and that's neat. Uh, it's just so calming. And there's just it, like the game itself is just gorgeous. And what's really impressive is like how quickly the game loads. That's what I've heard. Like when you fast travel, you don't have time to read two tips. Like you barely have time to read one tip. You know how like it tells you like to beat this type of enemy, you do this. You barely have time to read one. Like as soon as the game loads up, it is almost instantaneous. And like the world is simultaneously really big and also really small just because there's not a lot on the map, but everything that is there feels pretty meaningful. That's important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a lot of typical stuff. And I'm really glad, like last time I was on, I talked about how I was playing like Infamous and Infamous 2 in the lead up for this. Um, and there's so many similarities between those games. It's really impressive how they were able to like dress up older design ideas into something very, very new, I guess. And Has so, this been... Has this been Sucker Punch's first game since Infamous Second Son? Yeah, like I think yeah. First Light. Technically First Light. That, but... Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Interesting. So they've been they've been dealing this for a while. Um, so what you said there there is definitely drawbacks to it. Can you give us some of them? I think the camera sucks. Like the camera is really flipping annoying. Sorry, I'm trying not to swear. That's no, fine. <laughs> and instead, I sounded like someone at like Bible camp or something. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, the cameras. It's just dog trash. Dog. Yeah, that's all right. I'm not used to not swearing on a podcast. It's the camera's no, bad. Fine, we'll, we'll leave it's it at fine. that. Um, okay. And so, like, you'll be engaging, like, with, let's say, like, 12 enemies or something, which isn't uncommon. Like, anytime you go into, like, a base area, there's usually that many enemies. And you can approach it either silently like a ghost or sort of head on like a samurai. And um, I like to do it as a samurai just because it's way more badass. Like, you show up and you press, like, the top button, the top of the D-pad, and that triggers this thing called the standoff. And you have to, like, basically hold the triangle button until the last possible second to unleash like a single strike that kills an enemy in one hit. Oh, um, wow. and so like that will replenish your meter called resolve, which you can use to either heal yourself or do like special attack moves, whatever. Um, and so that's the way I like to approach it. And like, once you get further in the game, you can actually chain it. So you can do that like multiple times in a row. Uh, so you can just like instantaneously take out enemies. Um, but it's not uncommon to be in like a big battle with a bunch of people and the camera itself is super wonky just because it's so close to you. And so despite how many enemies are on screen, the camera never really moves from its position. So there have been times where like I was attacked by someone 
who was literally six inches away from me in the game, but I just couldn't see because of the way the camera was framed. Oh, okay. And so like in other games, like if they're, there's a whole bunch of attacks they can do that you can either block or parry or dodge, but there's no indication of that happening off screen. So like the amount of times I got messed up just because I like literally couldn't see an enemy was kind of annoying <laughs> to begin yeah, with. Yeah, that is frustrating. And then I just learned like, okay, so like I need to play this game a little bit differently. Like I just need to move more. And so it's kind of like situational awareness where I'm not necessarily engaging with the enemies, like trying to kill them right away. I'm attacking them and then moving just to make sure I know where every enemy is at all times. But God, I love, now, I love that game, man. It is so good. My question is it's, I think I kind of already know the answer, but there's really now you guys know I'm a, I'm a martial artist by, mm-hmm. by my, 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 my lifelong thing. There's really two eras of samurai. There's like the honorable samurai. And then there's the late, like dishonorable samurai. What kind of, like what what kind of era does this take place in? Are, are the samurai still like on the side of the people, like 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 almost like Batman type defenders, or are they like the imperialist samurai that? This is pretty much honorable. Th- this game kind of feels like it's at like a crossroad because basically, like the Mongols invaded, like they already won, and so it's like you trying to take stuff back. And so the problem is, is that like clearly like the samurai way of like honor and like attacking your enemy head on, uh, like wasn't working. And so there's no morality system in this game. Like, it's not like, you know, you get good karma or bad karma. And so it's really like how honorably you attack enemies. And so like, if you start like stealth killing, like it's way easier and frankly cooler. Uh, I don't think the stealth is like necessarily great in this game, which is funny coming from like the Sly Cooper guys. Like it feels very PS2, late PS2, early PS3 era in terms of like stealth detection. Right. Um, But like that is like sort of the karmic meter is like how you approach things either as a samurai or as a ghost. And the game is called Ghost of Tsushima. So like I'm guessing they kind of want you to lean into one way over the other. Um, But it's just like people in your life will be like, oh, I've never seen a samurai fight like that. Like you fight more like a demon. And so like that, like little jabs like that, that like NPCs make like that sort of like framing the way I play. I'm like, well, I don't want to be perceived that way. But it also like there's no like meter for that. Like there's no measurement. So like I could go and attack 12 people in a group. And like if I stealth kill one of them, like it seems like just that single kill is sort of like all people want to talk about as opposed to me doing like a standoff and like honorably fighting people, the other 11 like head on. Um, one thing I do really like about the game is like, it's all sort of diegetic storytelling. Like I, I check the map a lot. I'm, I'm getting better with the environment, but um, if you like have a location that you want to go to, you swipe up on the trackpad and like the wind blows in the direction you're supposed to go. Like there's no um, marker on a map unless you get like super close to it. Um, And so I just love that. Like as games are all about precision, like the, the movement in this game feels like pretty generic, like generic, not in like a bad way, but I just mean like, yeah, this is the general direction you have to go as opposed to telling you it's at exactly this spot like go at this heading you know and so like i I really like that where it feels like a little bit more uh like stress-free and like casual like it's not like demanding that you go to this exact spot it's like yeah and and just go northeast ish you know and you'll get there eventually um that's super cool i can't wait to get i'm I'm gonna buy it tomorrow one thing that you you said that's really interesting to me is you said how they charge up um how you charge up as a strike 
to unleash at the perfect time to kill an enemy in one blow, right? Yeah. That, that, that's what... Okay, so, like, that's a real thing that the Japanese focused on called Ei Jutsu, hmm. or that the samurai focused on Ei Jutsu. And it's actually its own martial art, completely separate from the samurai ford sword fighting style called kenjutsu um now granted i don't speak japanese i'm not uh, a historian in japanese but from what i understand that's how that worked which which was the actual sword fighting style of you know like we got, we got sword to sword i'm standing up i'm already in a combat stance it's called kenjutsu and then the actual i'm waiting for my one strike my the sword is usually drawn or it's usually sheathed and then he he they, they draw it out like a super quick speed, yeah. and to finish an enemy with one blow, it's called EI Jutsu. So that's really cool that they implemented that in the game. Oh, it's that's really exciting it's really me. it's kind of necessary sometimes because like I feel like this game is so cinematic in presentation, and like I really love that. But also, part of me wishes it was just like five percent more video gamey. Like you know how in like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I think it was where there was just like a little like outline around the enemy like a little white hue or whatever just to show you just because like people really do blend into the environment and like i was trying to liberate a a mongol base the other night and i just like i I kept getting pelted by an archer but like i couldn't see him and once you get down to uh, the last remaining enemies you can just like basically press a button to challenge the survivors and then they'll just rush at you because you just like yell And then they come and attack you. But like I hadn't killed enough enemies to trigger that. And there was some archer and there was just so many towers in this one base that like I couldn't see him. And so I just had to like run around in circles and then just like wait to get shot. I'm like, okay, so I think, okay, so it's from that direction. But then I still couldn't see him. So I had to do that same thing again, just like pinpoint where he was. Uh, The presentation of the game is great. Like it really does feel like a movie. And each mission you do has like a really nice title card where like it almost feels like you're playing like really short like micro episodes of something like it feels i've seen that it feels yeah. like a chapter hmm. from like a like an anime or like a, a a movie or something but like again like you know a mission will take you 10 minutes so like it goes by really quickly um that's awesome god no i i'm enamored with this game and like granted i've been really bad about exclusives on the ps3 or sorry on the ps4 like i've been really really bad about playing a lot of first party games i just made a list and like i'm trying to play all these before playstation 5 comes out mm-hmm. um you can hear more about that on another game podcast uh, re- Check it recording out. tomorrow after the xbox event um check it out but uh yeah this one is just like okay well i'm not touching another game until i finish this and like i just got to the second island um I I'm in I'm in love with this game. It's it was made for me, and like I understand why no one else would say it is their favorite exclusive on the console, but it is my favorite exclusive on the console for sure. That's awesome, dude. No, I, I can't wait to play it. Um, like I said, I, I've been waiting for a long time. I just I've been so busy this past week that I haven't I haven't been in the mood to play any games. Um, but have you have you been playing anything else this week, or just go to Shishima? Um, I played Fortnite for like the first time, really whoa um that's unexpected yeah i turned 30 um like a week and a half ago and i was uh kind of just like day drunk in my apartment my birthday was on a saturday so i'm like all right like i'm just gonna crack open some beers and uh (laughs) like had my xbox controller and i was just too lazy to like get up and put like a disc in for like my playstation so i'm like all right well i guess i'm playing an xbox game just downloaded fortnite and uh, man that is a game that is that is yes. a game. Yes, it is. Um, I really liked it. I don't know if I'm ever going to oh, go really? back to it. Yeah, I um, I hinted at it earlier that like the thing I want to talk about today was uh, battle passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, like it took an hour, but like they got ten bucks out of me for the battle pass. Like I bought it, and um, oh wow, 
I think what's really interesting about that game is like you don't have to win to progress in the battle pass. In fact, that mm-hmm. it feels like when you're playing, only like five people really care about winning. Everyone else is just more interested in doing stuff in the environment because like the battle pass progresses. It's awesome because it's like a hundred levels and like, it, it's not like <laughs> uh, every level is the exact same. So it's not like, Oh, level one to two is faster than level two to three. Like every level is equal. So you like mm-hmm. you progress pretty easily and there's like just all these challenges like within the map. And so like you'll land and like, yeah, you're going to like, technically the game is to kill the other teams. I've only done squads. Um, technically the objective is to kill the other teams, but there's so much stuff on the battle pass. So, like I'm just exploring this weird cartoon world. Um, okay. So I was just about to ask that if the original mode is still in the game, as far as I know. Yeah. Like I've, I've never okay. played like the one V 100. Um, I've only done squads. Um, okay. Just because I don't really know what I'm doing. So it feels nice just to go into a group and explore this world together. But like, they apparently added a whole bunch of stuff. And like, there's like, you know, this fortress that's like guarded by a whole bunch of NPCs and there's just high level loot. And like, you'll get experience points for opening like eight different chests in this one area or like doing six different zip lines in this other area. And like that stuff is what levels you up way more than actually winning. Um, so just exploring the world and like doing all this stuff. I just thought that was super interesting that like even playing the game with the original intention of it is not the goal anymore. You know, like it is all about playing in this world. And like, there's even a mode called party Royale that like I played with my friend Fabio and um, it was literally just an open world, with, like no guns. And like, you could just go around and like get vehicles from certain areas, get launch pads and just play. And like, it felt really cool. Just like having a sandbox. And like, I guess that's where like the marshmallow concert happened. That was where they showed uh, uh, yeah. like, the, the Chris Nolan movies. The other, like a couple oh, of weeks ago. I forgot about yeah. That. <laughs> and so it's just like weird for like, Fabio's theory was like, this is slowly replacing Saturday morning cartoons for kids. And yeah. like, I, I totally agree with that. Like, it's just like a cool place to go spend time with friends. That is really cool though. I'm glad you had fun with it. Cause like normally you hear Fortnite just being trashed by like a ton of people um, constantly, but you don't really hear people just being like, Oh, you know, I, I tried Fortnite for the first time and I kind of liked it. It was decent. Uh, so I, th- I haven't, I haven't personally I think played they it front load. It's like the first couple matches you play. It's like, you're going to win. So they totally like, you know, hook, line and sinkered me. And then like, um, as, as my progression has gone on, I'm still like relatively good at it. Like I've been placing like at least in the top half, if not like, you know, one of the like last three remaining four remaining teams or whatever. Um, I don't know if like the most competitive players are still playing in squads. Like if that's what the issue is. Um, but they also just like mix it up. Like I played last Sunday and like, they just got rid of every gun that wasn't a sniper rifle. So it was like just snipers only. Um, and they just do, (laughs) they just do stuff like that. Just like mix it up. And I'm just like, Oh, that's cool. Like, that's pretty cool. And the fact that it's just so low barrier to entry. Like I bought the battle pass just because I'm like, well, I played this for five hours. Like that feels worth 10 bucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Give them a, throw them a little bone. And like within every like 10 levels, like you can basically earn back the money you spent on battle pass. So like if you fill out your battle pass by the end of the Mm -hmm. season, um, you can just pay for the new one. So like in theory, if I keep playing this, like I will have only spent $10 and I could just spend that single $10 purchase in perpetuity for the rest of my life playing Fortnite. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that, but uh, I could. That's exactly how apex legends does it. In fact, uh, I am going to manage to hit, level 100 on the battle pass so when the next one comes out i will have i through the money i earn in this battle pass i can just buy the next one that's awesome so 
yeah elijah do you know how like the cross play with apex legends are you gonna be able to sync your account to like your ps or your, your ps4 account or like you know pc and like combine know. them or how's that gonna work i don't do you know? think that's been made exactly clear yet um because i would love it if you could because like it's so hard because i have a couple people i like playing with on pc and i have a couple people i like playing with on ps4 so it's so hard for me to focus on one con like one place to play. If you could like link them together, that would be perfect. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they've really given any information about it yet. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, Elijah, what have you been playing this week? Um, there are three games I want to talk about. Two of them are going to be very brief. Uh, one of them is I got a game called Pamela from the developer. Um, it looked really cool. But the problem is, like, it looked all horror-y and spooky. It is a first-person, what is it, ro- roguelike? Roguelite? I don't know the difference. <laughs> sure. But yeah. I, I have no idea what the difference is. It's a roguish game. It's a first-person, like, horror game, but it doesn't really give you any information. So I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what any of this stuff does. I used this one thing. It's like, it adds so and so so i used it and i'm like nothing it it did nothing for me um i found this thing oh it gives you three that's not a real word uh and like it, it's so hard it doesn't it, it doesn't tell you anything and it doesn't make it easy to find out what anything means so i'm just going through and i'm like you got killed and lost stuff i'm like all right i'll go back and get it and this last time i played I don't know how I died. I was losing health, but I wasn't poisoned. I wasn't standing in anything. I didn't know what was going on. I was just losing health. And I died. I don't know. It's just, it could be, but with the way that game is, I'm like, this seems like it could be normal. I don't know. It's just very confusing. It wasn't bad, like gameplay wise. I just, I couldn't get into it. Uh, there will be a video up by the time this goes live of me giving like some brief gameplay tidbits and essentially me starting a new character and such, but it's hard for me to really recommend right now. All right. Uh, the other two games I want to talk about, uh, another brief one is Iron Man VR. I'm about four or five missions into it. The graphics in the Shanghai section need never be talked about ever. Wow. They are, are they terrible? They're terrible. The character and everything going on around were great, but the graphics of the city of Shanghai. Oh my God. <laughs> well, you haven't been there, so you don't know. It could actually look like that. You're right. It could actually. <laughs> yeah, he's no, got you there. It could, be, he's got it could you. be super jagged with a lot of screen tearing. You don't know. Um, <laughs> he's got you. I, I really I want to play that mission again and just record some footage just so people can see. Oh, my God. But other than that, the game is great. And graphics other places are fantastic. Like when you're in Stark Tower, it's awesome. You can even go up to the workout area and I shot some hoops and I did some pull ups and it actually worked my arms. I'm like, why is this hurting? And it was just like doing the motions with the move controllers. I'm like, okay. Um, But essentially a mission construct where you go to a globe of the world and you choose the mission you're going to do next and such. There's side missions 
it, it's just a fun game. There are problems. The load times are ridiculous. That is the worst part of this game. The load times are, I can sit there and watch like a music video in between certain load times. Like this shouldn't be a thing. I sound like, it sounds like you've attempted this. I've succeeded. Yeah, your weird, your weird <laughs> Euro trash dance beat stuff. Just, yeah. <laughs> Look, just gonna go catch top, it, catch it, catch up with 1996. See what's changed. The, the top <laughs> by Ken Blast is an amazing song. Right. Anyhow, <laughs> but the main game I want to talk about is one that is getting a lot of attention, oh, which wait. is Deadly Premonition. Uh, yeah, but I was gonna cut you off because I actually had questions about Iron Man. I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Um, okay, so you talked about it really favorably when the demo came out, and because of that, yeah. I actually downloaded the demo. And I had a hard time playing the game. How are you playing it? Like, what's your physical stance when you're doing it? Because I tried sitting down on the couch and I was having issues. And then I tried standing up and I was having issues with the calibrating. Like, literally just the act of flying was such a pain in the ass. Trying to, like, put the uh, the move controllers, like, behind me to, like, fly in, like, a straight line. Like, I, I still can't do that. And, like, I ended up buying the game just because I'm trying to support just weird one-off games like this like that seems really cool but like i've been struggling as i've been trying to play just because i can't find like a comfortable way to play the game it took me a little bit so i stand up as if like you're just standing there like imagine you're standing there chest out as iron man okay that's kind of how not chest out because that would hurt to do for so long yeah it's, but it's, but it's, it's iron man so it's called a unibeam actually sorry <laughs> unibeam, unibeam out. Out. um which actually i just unlocked in the shanghai mission oh, um, congrats. uh yeah it was actually kind of awesome uh but yeah i stand there like that it took me a little bit to get used to how you fly and such mm-hmm. in fact you know how in the demo they have the like that training mission yeah which the demo is legitimately like the first two missions of the game, the training mission, the first regular mission. Yeah. And I actually played that training mission a couple times in the demo to try and get my time down because my first time was like two and a half minutes. Yeah, same. And, and <laughs> it's up, up, camouflage record, 37 seconds. I'm like, oh, what? That's like, yeah, no. Not, not very Tony Stark of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I got down to the point where when I booted the main game up and got into that training session, it was like a minute and 25 seconds. Okay. Um, so it's just a matter of, and again, just taking time to do it. These like the Shanghai mission, for example, um, this is one that like a lot of stuff happens. So it's easy to go to good and bad. Um, there's a lot of movement you need to do. That's after you first unlock some of the different weapons and such. So you're really getting need to get used to, all right, move this way for this weapon, this way for this, got to move out of the way. And that's where you really have to, you get into the flying motions or you die trying. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and yeah, it, it was actually after that mission where I went back and did the training thing again and got that like minute 25. Awesome. And um, final question. Sorry, I know you yeah. said you didn't no, really no, want to talk about this game to any uh, extent, but how are the trophies looking in that game? Like what's the, what's the platinum looking like? I'm going to get that platinum. Yeah. Is it like so um, far, like just based on like the mechanics you've seen, you're just like, okay, this is doable. This is doable. This yes. is doable. Okay. Um, the, the real... The most challenging ones are going to be beat the game on essentially easy, normal, hard. Um, like I'm playing on normal right now, uh, but I'll be able to do it on hard. I'll just I'm, I might die sure. once or twice for that. But and like one is just defeat or complete five missions with five stars. And I did like two of them on medium so far mm-hmm. and got 
like the rest have been four stars. So if I just go back and do them on easy, sure. Okay. Um, but then there's like do all the side missions, uh, get 250 kills with the main repulsor cannon, get okay. 12 kills at one time using the Unibeam. Um, so grindy, but not hard. Yes. Okay. And not, and not even like super grindy. I don't think. Uh, so it shouldn't be too hard. Cool. George, did you go for the platinum in Spider-Man? Uh, I did. Yeah. Okay. So we had this conversation with Austin earlier. Do you remember that the the crimes trophy where you had to complete like five of each type of crime? Remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Me and Elijah both thought that it happened randomly and it was a real pain to get because they were random. And Austin said that they happen in order depending on what you needed. And I was wondering if that was patched in. Do you remember how that went for you? I, I mean, in my experience, I thought it was random and like, I thought, it, I thought, I thought it was too. a pain, but then it felt like it felt like there was less of a weight, you know, like when you had like a, a bunch of missions that you need to do and you're like, Oh, well, I want to do this type of crime and like you couldn't choose, but then it felt, I think that like, as I sort of, you know, cross those off the list, like it felt like it was still random, but like there was more of a likelihood that you'd get the ones you need, but like it definitely felt random when I played it. Um, yeah, I thought so too. But I remember that being a super pain. Because um, I, I beat it before like the new game plus DLC and all that stuff came out. So like they they yeah, might have they might have tweaked it. But I still need to uh, go back and play new game plus. But that was the game. Spider Man on PS4 was the game that I realized that like trophies aren't for me. Trophies are never going to be for me. Mm. And I just don't enjoy trophy hunting. It's just not my thing. I wanted to go um, back and do new game plus, but like with Miles Morales coming out, I'm like, well, I mean, like <laughs> I think I'd rather just play that game than. That's actually a good point. That's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be the base. From what I understand, it's gonna be the base Spider-Man game plus Miles Morales. That's what I got. Right? That's, that's what I got from uh, my impression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, their their marketing's been so hit or miss with that game. See, I I didn't get that. I got it was gonna be just a standalone thing. Really? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was standalone from the presentation, and then later, like well, reading stuff. Um, but for so the presentation, it, yeah, I thought it was just like you know, like a first so light. From the presentation, or, it seemed standalone, and then a Sony PR. Note a Sony PR, not Sucker Punch, or Insom- not Insomniac, yeah. but a Sony PR person came out and said all this stuff that was kind of like, maybe it is just like an add-on expansion, mm-hmm. and then Insomniac came out and like, no, it's a it's a full standalone game. God, I don't know. It's so weird, right? Like we're gonna have to. I guess we're gonna have to wait and see. Get your house in but order, I- Sony. Come on, guys. In, in, in fact, yeah, uh, they they essentially said it's it's going to be. Uh, just like and like a target length and such like um, Uncharted Lost Legacy. It's a seven hour game. That's perfect. That's exactly what I want. Yes. Do that. Do yeah. more of it. Yeah, they, they said it's pretty much going to be Uncharted Lost Legacy slash uh, Infamous First Light. Yeah, that was, See, my... that was the name of an episode we had on another game podcast was uh, are 35 hour long games 25 hours too long. And like, I think they are. <laughs> I, I, I think they are. <laughs> Sometimes I would actually agree with you. Sometimes yes. I would agree with you. Um. The weird thing about Miles Morales, though, is where because did, did you guys play all the DLC? No, not all of it. Okay, so like the the yeah. last the last place we saw Miles Morales was it, well in the game. Now they might skip ahead, but I don't know why they would. The last place we saw him, he didn't even know how to web swing. He was just like he was asking Peter like because after the main game in the DLC, you don't see Miles. I don't think you even see. Oh, I think you see Mary Jane in one cutscene. Um, but he calls Peter up and he's like, hey, can we like, can we go over web swinging today? 
And Peter's like, did you get your homework done? I think, I'm pretty sure that's how that conversation <laughs> went. Because you know, like, Peter's like a super nerd, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, so it was it was like a really funny conversation. But I'm pretty sure like Miles was still super incompetent as uh as a as a as a Spider Man, I, I want to say this takes place six months after the game. Oh, okay, right, because okay, uh, it's all snowy in New York City in this one, and yeah, I want to oh, say they really? it was did like they, six did they release like gameplay? Those no, this is set during Christmas is, time, right? Yeah, it's set during Christmas time. Oh, yeah. oh, love Christmas so games. Cool. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. so sorry cool. for swearing, Austin. Thirty-two minutes. Oh, yeah. I will make a note for you. But <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Um, yeah, like they, they've come out and said more stuff about it. Like they haven't shown more, but like in that initial trailer, you could see snow on the ground and then they've come out and talked about it. Like that's when they said about how it's going to be like a lost legacy kind of thing. And yeah, the, I think they said it takes place about six, six to eight months or something like that afterward. That's really cool. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. I, like, I like that they're going with the winter because that like, and that, you, you know, to be honest, that's way harder for them than just using the same environments because now they're going to have to add like snow to all this stuff and, and whatnot because of yeah. course we know in new york city it gets pretty snowy yep so like that's actually really cool that they're doing that i i respect well, that then, there's bit. gonna be a oh. there's, there has to be a thunder blizzard right like electro or shocker someone's gonna show up they have to do some yeah, cool dude. stuff with clouds and lightning and oh god i'm so excited so excited yeah and, and you know i don't want to spoil the end of spider-man for the people but i'm hoping that what we saw at the very end of Spider-Man, that little teaser for the next game gets set up more in Miles Morales. I'm very excited for that. I, um, I think one of the things, and again, without spoiling anything, I think that the actual Spider-Man 2 could be, if not a co-op game, a like choose your character game, like whichever one you want to play as, or a like you'll switch characters in like, the game. I want it like GTA 5 style where like I'd want it to be Miles, I want it to be Peter, and I want it to be like Gwen, like uh, oh Spider Gwen. Um, do you think it's a, oh, do you think it's a little too late to introduce Spider Gwen? Because didn't they, didn't they already show Gwen Stacy is dead in the Spider Man game? Yeah, but I mean, this is, is that, par- this is parallel confirmed. universe Gwen Stacy. Like it's different. That's true. That's true. That is true. That's true. But uh, I, if they were going to set up Gwen, I just kind of wish they would have done it because Spider Gwen is such a cool God, character. Yeah, like, so good. And like I know there's like allegations against like Jason Latour, like one of the I think the artist for uh, like the original Spider Gwen series. But like, oh, God, that's the that. style in that book was just so it was unparalleled. Like when I wasn't buying comics, that was the only comic I was buying because I'm just like, this, this I actually so cool. I actually have first appearance Spider Gwen and I'm holding on to it because Spider Gwen actually first appeared in a Hawkeye book. I'm oh, really? Sure Hawkeye. Yeah. Her, her, like the, her first um, like mainstream appearance was in uh, I think it was Edge of Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. About that, George? Uh, if, and they, they, uh, actually, they I, their, that was their, from when I wasn't reading comics, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, that sounds right. If, yeah, they had they had, a, right. they had a whole bunch of like they had a whole bunch of like lead up books to Spider-Verse. Yeah, and Spider Gwen was one of those books. Yep. But her first appearance was in like I think it was a Hawkeye book like a week before and I have it because Interesting. I was so desperate for like comic book stories well, and I don't even like Hawkeye. There's that. And then like, there's some other spider character that like first appeared in like a captain Marvel book. And then like that quickly became like a $120 book. Cause no one was buying it. Like it was, um, uh, Oh no, sorry. I, I misspoke. It was the first time she was referred to as captain Marvel, as opposed to miss Marvel was in like some okay. Spider-Man tie in book. And so that was, te- oh that was technically like her first appearance. And so like that one from being like a book, no one gave it. 
about to being just like a like a hundred and twenty dollar book, like six dollar book, just like overnight because that was technically her first appearance as Captain Marvel. Um, That's so cool! Wow! Imagine buying that and just being like, "This is gonna be one of those trash books that I'm. It's gonna be worth." 10 cents you know well yeah but it it was like ben riley or like the avenging spider-man like it was like the like kane clone from like the mid 90s like it was like one of those spider-man books um i love kane dude i love kane Kane sucks (laughs) come on dude he's got the coolest spider-man outfit no ben uh i played the entire spider-man game with uh like ben riley's outfit like the uh, ben ben riley's got a cool hoodie one uh god that, that was so that was so cool um I don't. I don't want to get into like another giant because I know Austin doesn't like the giant long comic book rants. But the, uh, did you read like the introduction to Scarlet Spider with with Kane? Like, did you read Spider Island? Um, oh, sorry. I, I, I'm I'm purely judging him based on like the mid '90s, like during the Clone Saga, like that. Oh, like, oh no. Like uh, Spider Man: The Hidden Years. Like that's what I'm basing my Kane sucks on. Um, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I actually I've never read any Spider Man between like 700 and 800, and then like I came back on with the Nick Spencer series. So like there's. Oh, I've been okay. collecting the trades like through eBay. Thank you, eBay, for, mm-hmm. for letting me collect like Spider Man big time and all that stuff that like I never read. And I haven't read any of Spider Island. Like, um, oh yeah, dude. So ex- Spider Spider Island is where Kane. I'm trying to think how this goes. Kane is in Spider Island at the very end because he uses Peter's never seen Spider Stinger ability um, to defeat the the one uh, like enemy. And then he gets his own book, Scarlet Spider, which was really cool because he was like a very much anti-hero. He was mm. he was sort of like um, like an angry Peter Parker. Sure. Um, and he got that really cool red suit. And because that was originally Peter's suit that could like change color. And so I think it was his big time suit, if I remember correctly. But yeah, man, Spider Island. Spider Island, I think, is Dan Slott's best work. Cool. Well, I'm not super in love with his run. So I'm excited to see like uh, what, what people consider yeah. a high mark. Um, to bring this back, though. So we talked about... Uh, the Iron Man Platinum, then we went to the Spider-Man Platinum. I'm going to bring it back really quick before you get into the game you want to okay. talk about, Elijah. Uh, did you get the Blood and Truth Platinum? No, I want to. Oh my I God. Hear it, that is my I fa- hear it's a fun Platinum. Favorite Platinum of the last like two years, probably. Like That, that, that one is really? that one so much fun. Wow. I love that game. That's so such an amazing game. Yeah, it's, did it's not expect so that. good. The best way to explain that game is you play a Jason Statham movie. Yeah, if, well, it feels like a Guy Ritchie like actual like gangster movie, but you're so yeah. bad, like you're way more badass than anyone in any Guy Ritchie movie. So yeah, it is like a Jason Statham Guy Ritchie co-production. It's awesome. That game is great. Well, now I feel like I gotta get that. It's so good. Uh, do you have but, PSVR? Uh, Seth? No, I don't. I don't. Oh. I have. Uh, is it a PSVR exclusive? Because yeah. I have an Oculus. It's a PSVR exclusive. Yeah, it was made by. Uh, well, it's made by PlayStation. Yeah. It do be like that sometimes. Oh, God, but uh, so good, the main God. game I really wanted to talk about is Deadly Premonition 2, which has been talked about a lot because of its subpar frame rate, which is putting it right. very mildly. Yeah. Look, right. okay, so if I were to have tried to review this game, I would straight up say I can't. Because there is so much about this game I absolutely love. Like right now, it is in my game of the year list. Oh wow! And I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I must have heard that wrong. What? <laughs> yes, it is in my game of the year list because the content in this game is so amazing, but the game plays like trash. Uh, I put a video out on Twitter the other day 
of just me running and the frame rate, which I'm pretty sure stayed at like a steady 11, 12. That was docked. Dude, it definitely dropped below that. It was like, yeah. like if you think about one second, it definitely dropped to like oh, yeah. single digits at yeah. some point. Oh, yeah. Like it was I, really bad. That's, that's, um, that's, I'm sorry, Austin, 40 minutes, 21 seconds. That's incredible. Like think about <laughs> any other medium where it's just like, yeah, the movie content was great, but like the actual act of watching the movie was such a pain in the ass. Like, yes. Like, and that's I, why, like I only got half a DVD, so I can only see half the movie. Like, like any other art form, it's like the act of enjoying or consuming the art is like the easy part. And it's like the art that's questionable. But with video games, it's the one place where it's like, oh, the <laughs> act of consuming it was such a pain in the ass. But the content was True. incredible. Like, that's just, that's so unique and, to video games. That's amazing. That, that's why, like I said, I could not accurately review this game because everything about the game itself is amazing. And I absolutely love it so much. But playing it can be hard sometimes. In now fact, here's here's what I thought. Yes. The original Deadly Premonition on paper is a terrible game. Yes. But it gained a cult following because it was so bad. Do you think in that like... This is me putting a tinfoil hat on, but I, I kind of also believe this, I know where you're going. that the frame rate issues they found and left on purpose because they were hoping it would generate the same sort of hype around the game as a cult classic that was terrible, but people loved it in general because it seems that way. There's no way this could have passed through their, their testing phase. I, I don't think so, only because even with the last one being not great, it was still playable. And this one, this one's less playable. This one is less playable. Jesus. And that's why, like, somebody said, "Wow, if I were you, I would get a refund on that." I'm like, I don't want to because the game is perfect. Otherwise, like, it, it is. Dude, I just my, don't. That's what's so hard about it. Because the game plays like trash, but everything about it, the characters, the writing. All the side stuff. So in the first game, one of the things that always annoyed me so much was the sound of the vehicle when you're driving it. We have just as your average just constant the constantly. And this game starts out with him sitting there and the one guy going, So where's your car at? And he goes, Well, I rented a hybrid, so it was silent. And I'm like, did they just acknowledge what? that? And then <laughs> and then he goes and I went and eat somewhere, and when I came out, the car was gone, and all that was in its place was a skateboard. So I'm just dri- riding on a skateboard now, and I'm like, this guy rode from New Orleans to the town of Lucare on a skateboard, and that's how you get around town. But it's wow. back to just now you just like have a constant of riding the skateboard around <laughs> town. So I'm like, they literally fixed the problem and gave it back. And I'm like, I hate and love it so much. But I don't know, man. Like so much but, about this game is just off the walls like to continue the skateboard to get into the one area you're like oh no my skateboard broke so you go to get it fixed and she's like i can teach you a trick and you can learn skateboard tricks to help you get around town <laughs> and like the one the one place it's a uh, diner and bowling alley it's called uh, alexis diner and lane you walk in and there's one bowling lane there and the one premonition you have tells you you have to knock down the 10 white maidens bowling pins. 
And there's this old woman who bowls there all day, every day, because her and her husband used to do it. So you have to trick her into thinking some voodoo stuff is going down and she can't go to the bowling alley that day. But she keeps acting like this real know-it-all the entire time. Man, I don't know, dude. I feel like there's no... Like, I've watched a lot of videos on uh, Deadly Premonition 2. I just feel like if they did release it knowing how bad it played, then, like, that's a that's a major, major issue on their part. Like, the game's almost unplayable unless they did it on purpose. I, I just don't... I, don't I, I can't see them not doing it on purpose because it's so widespread and, like, terrible it's terrible i haven't seen any footage like does it look much better than the ps3 game yes like grant like graphics oh no no Uh, graphics no no all right a little bit it's the frame rate yeah graphics a little bit but it's not like um it's not a lot bayonetta one runs great on switch like if this was supposed to be like a true exclusive like they could have paid the devs to like polish it up a little bit more i think people just forgive it for the content. Like, it sounds like that's like Elijah's stance, right? That like the game itself is so weird. And like, it really, it sounds even more like Twin Peaks than the original game did. Yes. And that's what like other people, like I've never seen Twin Peaks. I want to because of this series. I never saw the Um, new one, but like, man, the the original season is like one of the best single seasons of television I've ever seen just because it was so weird. And it's just like, whose brain thinks in this kind of logical pattern like like yeah, i watched i watched the first episode and i got bored is it worth going back to uh i think so like granted i had to watch that at least the first episode for like a class like i was a film major in college like i was a film english oh, major okay. That's cool. and i took a class on david lynch and so i had to watch the first episode and uh i was just like hooked in just because like it came out in, like 1990 i think so like it yeah. felt enough like an 80s product but like still sort of like trying to set the tone for like the new decade that it was kind of like oddly prescient in terms of just like I, I guess like filmic language of the 90s so like i really like it um and so that's why i've always wanted to check out the series but like yeah the fact that it runs like garbo like that <laughs> usually turns me off um yeah and th- that that's why like it's one of those games i can't recommend because of how it plays but if they fix the frame rate i can't recommend it enough like it's there's such a fine line there because, like I said, the content itself is amazing, but it, it runs. Just, you're, ta- you're talking about it the way people talk about Dark Souls, where it's just like, yeah, like I love this game, but this game is really hard, so I can't, yeah, I can't true. say you're going to love this yeah. game. Like, it takes a very specific person to love this game, but for you, it literally is like it takes a very specific person to love this game because the act of playing it is so intentionally terrible like and again think about like it, like loving movie posters and just being like oh man like the act of looking at this movie poster is hard to do so i can't enjoy yeah. this movie poster i like the content i like the components the, the composition i like everything but the actual physical act of looking at it like having to like look at it through like a, a peephole or like a keyhole in your door and that's the only way you can see the movie poster and just like yeah it's a pain but like it's the only way to see this amazing content. Like that is just unbelievable to me. Like, it is I, dude, fascinating. By the, by the way, <laughs> by the way, that is one of my favorite hobbies. Like the, I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up because I've never talked about this ever before. But just like looking at movie posters through keyholes. <laughs> no, no. Like wow, when I'm, I'm like, try wait, that sometime. 
when I'm like waiting around at the movie theater, say like my friends are in the bathroom or like they're they're getting snacks or whatever for drinks, I'll like look at a movie poster and I'll just like <laughs> like like really examine the absurdity of most movie posters, especially like, the Marvel ones are so bad dude like, yeah you can see like the how badly like, like there's an explosion like photoshopped in the background or some like random cascading color in the background i'll send you my i'll send you my movie poster pinterest board it's great uh <laughs> oh my god i'm so happy you have one <laughs> yeah. that was why i started the pinterest just because i kept seeing like really weird like fan-made posters i'm like this one's cool like i want to remember this and then i discovered pinterest <laughs> like that's awesome. But, no, it, that, what, how you're speaking of it actually reminds me a lot of uh, Telltale Batman. Because I really think, I, I know a lot of people would say it's Walking Dead. I really think Batman is the best thing Telltale ever put out. Um, and it was really, really, really good. But it still ran like trash. Mm-hmm. And I was like so into the world and the characters and the story that they were playing they were that was playing out that i forgave how bad it was running mm-hmm. but there were certain times dude where i had to like turn off the game turn off my console and just walk away because i remember specifically in the last episode of season one it crashed on me like five times in a row yeah you just oh, wow. stop playing out yeah. of spite <laughs> yeah. yeah and i'm just like i gotta walk away like I'm, I'm so angry i have to stop right now or else it's gonna ruin the whole experience because well, the last episode that was like the big boss fight like in the basement of arkham right yeah yeah and uh, it was yeah you, you just yeah, have to move so fast and like the game couldn't keep up a with the yep. information it was presenting you and b with the information you were giving the game so like it was just such a cluster storm of um <laughs> uh, of just like bad design choices i never, play, and, I like, never played season two disappear. but it i'm sorry characters would like disappear yeah, in that final God, it was fight and infuriating yeah um batman was the fastest i've ever liked a telltale game like i i yep. still i lean towards tales of the borderlands as like my favorite just because it was so weird but like it took me until like the last episode to think that whereas batman uh i started enjoying that probably like halfway through episode two um yep um but I would recommend season two and I'm really glad that they're making season three. They confirm they're making season three. If it ever comes to fruition, I'll be surprised, but I really hope they continue with that man. Because in, in my opinion, that is the best Batman property that's come out in the last since the dark Knight. you know, mm-hmm. like, like I, I really, really think telltale was on something special with the Batman series because just the way they set up like Batman and Catwoman and, they got the characters and they changed it up enough. Sort of like Spider-Man. They mm-hmm. changed it enough enough. They changed it up enough to make it unique. And I was I, I had didn't know what was gonna happen because I'm so fluent with Batman, like so so comfortable with Batman that I'm always gonna be like, all right, well, here's what's gonna happen because I know this character. You know, that's how, that's how I feel reading current Batman comics, why I'm so bored with them. Oh, uh, man, man, the Tom King run is one of the best Batman runs the character's ever seen. I, I don't disagree with you. Tom King's run is fantastic. I love Tom's King, Tom King's run. And I think, I don't know if you listened to one of the current episodes. I think I was talking to coach about um, the Mr. Freeze arc in the middle. I think it was like issue 51 to 55 of Tom King's run. You know what I'm talking about? The Mr. Freeze yeah, arc yeah. where he's standing on trial. Yeah. And it's like, it, they, they did a recreation of that one famous movie. Um, that, that that was that's like a famous movie in any sociology class i can't remember the name of the movie i'm sorry it's, it's a racism movie um but 
it's a really, really fan. And Tom King really got Batman, and he really got Batman and Catwoman. God, dude, you know what? Our our comic book episode is gonna be so good. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so good because because uh, we're both such lovers of comics. But like, yeah, Tom King, Tom King's Batman is one of my favorite Batman uh, runs of all time. Oh yeah, I'm actually I'm falling off with like the James Tinian stuff, like the the, the I haven't the, read it at the all. Joker War with like punchline. I don't really care. Um, I haven't read it at all. I'm gonna see, I'm gonna keep since... buying it just because like I've had I have every Batman issue going back to like 1998. So like I'm going to keep doing it. But besides that, I'm like yeah, I don't I don't care. I'm really excited for Batman and Catwoman. Though. Sorry, Elijah. Oh, me too. Especially because like uh, Phantasm is on the cover. Like hell yep. yeah, I'm in. Can't wait. Can't Sorry, wait. Elijah. That's okay. Um, but yeah, Seth, get get a PSVR and get that platinum and uh, Blood and Truth. Yeah, games I'll give it a shot and, and, and get a Switch. And don't get Deadly Premonition two yet. <laughs> I have a Switch. Or do I don't know how to answer that. That game's that I game's gonna come to other consoles eventually, right? Like that, uh, like as much as I can see that coming to PlayStation, that feels like the perfect Game Pass game. Like you know, I mean, Bayonetta two never. Well, came it's just out, like though. the way that like uh, Xbox threw Nintendo a couple bones between like Cuphead and Ori. It's just like, hey, can, can we get some of that weird Japanese stuff on on our console now, please? Maybe it'll run yeah. well on Xbox Series X, you know. Dude, if I'll look I into it and see, um, because I, I know. So for things like Bayonetta two was funded by Nintendo. Yeah, I don't think Deadly Premonition two was. I don't think it was either. Like but I think I it was just wrong. like a. a I, I have to assume that'd be a, a timed exclusive. Like I don't know why it wouldn't, because that game became hot on consoles because of PlayStation three. Like. Yeah, because that was like the director's cut, right? Like it was originally like a Steam game, and yeah. then it came to PlayStation Three as the director's it, cut. It, of the it game. was an, an Xbox 360 game, okay. then came to PS3 as director's cut. Okay, uh, which I do. I really want to find the collector's edition of it somewhere. Um, but yeah, it 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 looks like there there is a chance this could come to other consoles, which I hope so because I I platinum the first one, I would platinum the second one. Sure. Oh, interesting. But yeah. Yeah, uh, I get a massive bonus this week, so if, if I can find a PSVR, maybe I'll buy it. I mean, no, I feel bad. Wait, because, like, it, they're going to make another one. Like, they're going to make a better one. As much as I love PSVR, it is not the best. Like, I think the games are great, but, like, the actual VR experience is not great. Like, yes. I went to a demo for VR units at CNET a couple years ago, and, like, oh, the cool. um, the not Oculus, the Vive was, like, hands down the best one. Um, oh, dude, Vi- Vive's so cool, but it's so... It's, the price so is such a barrier to entry. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm playing Skyrim sometimes, like, on VR. That's, like, my, my screw-around game, like, when I can't sleep or, like, just can't decide what I want to play. I'll just... Because, like, I know the game so well. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to play this on super mm-hmm. easy because, like, I've platinum the game on PS4. I played 400 hours into it on 360. I know what's there. Like, I'm just kind of, like, just trying right. to do, like, a new experience or whatever. Um but there's just like the actual fidelity is so bad. Like the, the this thing that they call like screen door where like it, yep. you can like literally see like the space between the pixels. Yep. And it's just like really, wait, it's what? really ugly. I can't, I can't picture that in my mind. Uh, like imagine screen a, you know, door. like when you look through like a screen, like a window screen and like, you yeah. can see the world outside the screen, but you can still see like the black lines of the screen. Oh, wow. It looks That's like that, but weird. it's like a little more faint than like a physical screen. Um, yeah. And like you, you get used to it and like you yeah. start to huh. you start to look past it, you know, like those images where there's like a picture hidden within a whole bunch of dots or something like you start to like look yeah. through the dots and just like see the world beyond. But like it's still there. You know? um, yeah. That sounds extremely frustrating. So like like I have a couple of funny VR stories. 
Um, my first VR experience, I hated it. I think me and Elijah did it together. Is that right, Elijah? No, it was you and Austin. Me and Austin did it. It was it was when Oculus was first just making a name for itself when we were at PAX East. And actually, it might have been the same year that we met you guys at PAX East. It was. Yeah. Um, Oculus had a booth there, and we waited forever to get in, and they had this horrible, dude, it's absolutely atrocious demo. I, I think it was called, like, living room fight or something like that had a basic name great name but you basically yeah you basically like sat down with the headset and you you were able to look around the living room and you held a controller and there was like a a, a basic super basic like fighting game it was terrible and i was like i'm done with i'm done vr like i'm this is a gimmick i'm never gonna do this um and then i had like a a a paper a research paper i talked about in high school or not high school god college um, for my game design class that I, I talked about a few weeks on the podcast. And after that, I was kind of like, well, maybe I'll check it out because Resident Evil 7 was VR was coming out and whatnot. So I ended up getting an Oculus Quest uh, about a year ago. Oh, no, no, I, I missed a story in between that. Um, Elijah came over to my house or my apartment in 2017, 2016. Yes. Right at the end of me and Tawny's relationship there. Yep. And we were playing, I played Batman VR and I was super, super impressed. But Arkham, Arkham VR? Batman Arkham VR, VR, yep. VR. and um someone i think it was one, one of the guys knocked on the door to come in and there was a table in front of me in the game and my mind was so tricked that i i, I when i heard the knock on the door that i brought the controllers up and i tried to set the controllers on the table and i just dropped them on the floor <laughs> yeah i remember that because you could have sworn yeah. there was a table there that's awesome <laughs> yeah, because I, th- I thought there was a table in front of me my, my mind was completely tricked and at that point i was like oh okay this is actually pretty cool like i'm in and then i got an oculus quest last year and um i had a lot of fun with it man uh th- there's not a whole lot of support for quest so i'm, I'm glad that cable like a management system's coming out so that you can turn it into like an S. But I, I love playing the um Creed game. Creed Rise to Glory, the boxing game. Oh, really? Like I said, martial arts are like my favorite thing in the world. And the, the it's like a pretty legit boxing game that you can just get in and it, trade hands with people whenever you want. And it's pretty cool. Like I really love it. Um and of course there's there's a, like like the actual good games that most people enjoy like um Saber Yeah, like Beat Saber. Um but yeah. super hot. Yeah. Um, um, I Vader. feel like we're going to start moving on to, uh, to, to new soon, but like Elijah I, really quick, your, your top two PlayStation VR games. Oh God. Um, it, it's top going three, top to three, be top three. top three. It's going to be the cheesy every answer, but beat saber box VR and, uh, super hot VR. Okay. See, I've never played any of those games. So that's really funny to me. Um, for me, it would be number one, uh, Star Wars, like the Ro- uh, Rogue One uh, VR mission. Yeah, the VR mission from Battlefront. That I was like, man, I would love if we got a full game like this. Fast forward to now, I'm I can't wait until October. Yeah, God, that I think that's like the last new game I'm going to buy on this console um, generation. I'm I'm very excited. Um, but yeah, that's my number one. Number two would probably be Tetris Effect. And like that, like that game does nothing in VR, but it's just so so relaxing <laughs> to play it in VR. Like like immersive. Yeah, huh? it's it's great. It's just like that with like you know the fun like retro synth wave stuff playing in the background. It's just uh, yeah, some of that music is tight. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I, I just listen to like the playlist every day, like when I shower. Uh, on Spotify, it's so good. And uh, number three, 
Um, it's probably Blood and Truth, but like I do, like I think Skyrim is great on VR. Like I think it's awesome. There. So, at, do you have do you have the patch that makes you able to actually like walk around? Yes, in it, and so like, yeah. I have like the weird movement setup, um, but like yeah. you just get so much more freedom and like mobility. Um, yeah, but man, it, like I really you like it. Seth mentioning about how like he got so immersed that he thought the table was there, and that the first time that really hit me with VR was in Skyrim VR. I was walking around with a uh, sword and shield out. And just walk in and I see a wolf out of the corner of my eye. And without hesitation, I just put my arm up as if to block it. And the wolf hits my shield. And I'm like, oh, oh, right. It was like, yeah, it, just, it, it was second thought. Like, oh, no, he's coming. I'm, I'm going to block my face. And yeah. it, I just happened that happened to be where my shield was. Like, oh, I really, truly awesome. can't wait for like the future of VR where we get like full body immersion. Um, not even quite like sort of online levels, but like like just so I can have like a proper fighting. So game. you know what I'm saying? Um, there is this cool thing that it's it costs a lot to get the full setup, but if you get the I can't remember what it's called, but it's a like treadmill, the uh something optical treadmill or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but if you get that and an Oculus, you can get a yeah. VR map of uh, Middle Earth, and you can literally walk the path from the Shire to Mordor. Yeah, that's really cool. Time. And like, I think, I think that, that stuff's really cool, but like, it, I'm talking like high fidelity cameras that can like track your movement. Yeah. I really, I really just want a fighting game, man, where I can like kick and punch and grapple. And I think that kind of stuff is really, really going to push. Oh, the, cool. A fighting game. Console. I'm even worse at than fighting games right now. Yeah, God, you just want the, you just want the <laughs> holodeck, man. Just say it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like the holodeck. Um, but no, uh, I mean, we, it's it's fine because um, like we're having a good conversation here. But um, Vader VR for Oculus Quest is is probably the best VR experience. Oh man, that comes I've out that comes to PlayStation soon, right? Yes, it does. Oh, does it? Yes, I didn't it know. Does. Yeah, yeah, that is like oh, super, super, super good. Um, the my biggest problem with it, to be perfectly honest with you, and this is my only problem with it, is that you can only wield a lightsaber with one hand because of the limitations of the controllers yeah right so like more like in in <laughs> because game, of battery of darth vader you mean well in game yeah. well no you actually don't play as yeah, you don't vader. play as him oh, well, you, you, you play as someone well, else that ruins yeah. the game <laughs> it, does until, um, <laughs> it does until you're standing there and vader comes and walks up right in front of you and you're like well I'm in again. That's good. That's kind of like, I never want to read a series starring the Joker. Like, I, I don't want to see inside the Joker set. I want to see, like, the lieutenants of Joker just, yeah. like, pee their pants around him. Like, uh, yeah. But, no, like, like so, like, that was, when I played Vader VR, that was the first time where I really understood, like, the presence and, like, the, like, the fear of Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. Because, like, in the movies and the TV shows and even in Rogue One, like, you're kind of like, wow, this is, like, the this guy can like barely move. He he's breathing heavy all the time. Like, I'm really not worried about it. But in the VR game, when he's right in front of you, no, like, you, I get, you why get this one's afraid. You, yeah, you get this presence of Darth Vader. And it's really powerful. But I want to wield a, a lightsaber with two hands because that's just the way I, I envision lightsabers, right? But with the quest, and I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be like this PSVR as well. The there's functionality built in the game to wield a lightsaber with two hands. If you hold your controllers together and and press the buttons and the character will actually grab it with both hands but there's no way to actually connect to the controllers so what you get is like a very flimsy 
it doesn't work well is what i'm saying it doesn't work like you would imagine like a sword work or like an actual lightsaber would work so that was disappointing to me and there was actually someone that kickstarted a project to create um attachments to your oculus controller that like magnetically clip together so you can do it better that's how much people want this attachment because because you know building a lightsaber is like a very specific experience um but the, the the honestly the best part about the vader vr uh game is the training missions like the, the training room because you'll you'll go up against like these um bots that like shoot lasers at you and whatnot you compete for high scores and stuff the, the the story is also very very fun and also canon um but but the 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 training mission is is like probably the most fun with gameplay you're gonna have hell yeah it's really exciting. They definitely, definitely pick it up. Cool. God, I cannot wait for that to come out. All right, let's jump into some news. We got to move fast so Austin doesn't crucify me again. Woo! News. Uh, <laughs> Elijah, tell us about this uh, Xbox event, dude. As, as of hearing this, the event will be over, but we are getting a big Xbox event uh, tomorrow, where they will unveil a lot of the first-party stuff. Uh, in the pre-show, they said is where we will get some third-party announcements, um, but. We are going to get a lot of the first party stuff from some of the studios we haven't heard uh, heard from, other ones we have. And I would like to ask you guys two things. One, what do you think without a doubt will be there? And one, do, what do you hope will be there? Uh, Isn't this the same exact conversation we had last time George was on? I don't I'm remember. Sure it was. I think that was wasn't about it? Uh, Ubisoft stuff, wasn't it? Okay. Because, because like I'm, I'm sticking to my answer. The only thing I need to see, the only thing I want to see, is Fable. Just give me Fable Four or like some sort of Fable game that's a prequel and doesn't take place in modern times. And I swear to God, I'll buy an Xbox. Don't push me. I swear to God, I'll buy one. That's all I want, dude. I mean, you got George, a PC, right, you. right? Just play it on PC. You'll be fine. True. That well, true. I mean, like it depends because some some Game Pass stuff is like really weird. It's like like the Master Chief Collection is like slowly releasing on PC. Everything, every Xbox exclusive is supposed to come to PC, but it doesn't come to PC like day and date sometimes. Gotcha. So um, I'll definitely like like I will play Fable day one, no matter what. I'll drop so much money on Fable. Like, don't tempt me because I love Fable, the Lost Chapters, almost as much as I love any video game ever. Gotcha. I have a feeling they're going to tempt you, dude. I I hope so. God, I hope. I hope so. so. I I don't like Fable two. That was like the first one I played. I yeah, thought Fable yeah, 2 was, like, that. fine. And, like, it was, like, a great time sink because, like, like, I think I grabbed that when I was, like, a sophomore in college. And so, like, I would just, you know, get, I'm sorry, but I would just get stoned and just, like, go to the blacksmith thing and just make thousands and thousands of, dot, like, gold. Um, yeah. Yeah, Fable 2 and 3 suck. Uh, yeah, but I played Fable Anniversary for the first time maybe, like, a year and a half mm-hmm. ago, two years ago. That game's incredible. Like, Fable, the yeah, first Fable is. is so good. And, like, I want something like that, like... Something that feels more whimsical. Like, I don't really care about... Like, I love the idea of, like, legacy that they introduced in Fable 2. Like, the idea of, like, actually owning a house and, like, having some kind of, like, permanence in the world. But, yep. like, the whimsical storytelling in Fable 1 was so much better and so much more interesting than anything I saw in Fable 2. Also, Fable 2 looks like butt. Um, it's just so brown. Did you play Did you play Fable 3 at all? No. I, I like, just, I saw, like, I remember, like, the video reviews for it. I'm just like, this, it looks like they're just doing everything I dislike about Fable 2 and just making yep. that the focus of the game. Um, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they did. It's terrible, dude. But Fable, like, I don't, and I don't understand how that happened with Fable because Fable was such, like, the first Fable is such a good game. Yeah. And I've beaten it several times. Like, it, it's one of my favorite games of all time. And I just, 
when you look at like the progression from Fable to Fable Two to Fable Three, they focus on all the wrong things, mm-hmm. and that's the reason that series died, dude. If they would have just kept it simple and just been like, all right, we're gonna keep it medieval fantasy world, like maybe move forward a little bit, not too much. But they, they took away all the RPG elements in that game, and it was really sad to see because there's so much lore and story to tell in Fable, and I, I really hope that this Fable 4 announcement blows my socks off. Yeah. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> That's right, Michael. That's God. right. Um, <laughs> all right, so Fable, yeah, I hope to see Fable there, and I hope, like you said, like it's more in line with Fable 1. Um, I can't remember... What was the most recent Forza game? Was it Motorsport or Horizon? It was Horizon 4. All right, because I really wanted Forza Horizon 5, but I think think it's uh, Motorsport's turn, which I think is awesome because that means it goes like head-to-head with like Gran Turismo from PlayStation, which is like just fun from the outside. I, I don't care yeah. about the console wars at all, but I love seeing people. I, I don't care, care about, about the console them. wars. I just care about we're getting a good racing game. Yeah, uh, so like I assume we're, we've got to see that. They've already announced that like, they're going to show off campaign stuff from Halo, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm super excited about that. They released the box art today. And um, like everyone else on the internet, I'm like, oh, this feels very much like Combat Evolved um, box yes, art. Yes, it does. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm really excited just because like I don't have to buy the Xbox Series X to play it. Um, I'm Too just true. going to Game Pass it, I think. Actually, no, no, it's a Halo game. Like I'll probably buy a physical copy of it just because I love Halo that much. Um, I was just so burnt by Halo 5, I can't put myself to buying another halo until it's redeemed yeah man we talked about that earlier that was the first halo yeah. game i didn't like get and beat the night i got it um and like I th- it's funny because like i think that's like the best feeling halo game you know like i think the I, I completely agree the physical act of playing it's great but it was just like why you gotta do cortana like that man what did she ever man. do what did she ever do to you 343 come on oh look blue team is back how it doesn't matter who's blue team it doesn't matter yeah, and like when you went to that like uh, that elite city like on that coastal, like I was like awesome. Like there was so much good about that game, and like the first mission where you play as Master Chief, where you're on like the derelict ship, like there was there was a lot going for that game. Like I, I do think the parts are greater than the sum, but um, God, that story just like really pissed me off. And like I wonder like are they going to retcon their own story? Like how are they going to fix that? I'm really excited for that. Um, I, I like the supposed Mega Blocks leak of what happens to Locke. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. That's awesome if that's true. If that really happens, that's awesome. Like Mega Bloks leaks it. I'm not talking about the actual plot, but like the story of how yeah. like Mega Bloks leaks this plot. That's that's amazing. That's incredible. Um Yeah, Fable was my big one. Um honestly, like I want to see smaller games. Like um Like I want dumb things like Halo Spartan Assault. Like I'm not saying I want that game, but like there are all these huge studios and like, that's great. And like, they're going to make amazing AAA stuff. I have no doubt. Uh, just like with the sheer talent at Xbox, like they're, they're the Xbox one. I didn't have bad games. It just didn't have a lot of games. Like, I think that was like, yeah. that was my general problem. With the yeah. Xbox. True. Um, and then it wasn't until series X or sorry, uh, Xbox one X came out that like, I had a reason to think about playing third party games on an Xbox console. And like, I, I didn't even get one, but I'm saying like, until like that came out, I was just like, Okay, so third-party games will play better here for the first time this gen, but it was just it was too right. late in the gen for me to yeah. really care about. Um, but yeah, I want to see like more small games, like um, like Ori and uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, you know, just stuff like that. Just because AAA games are getting more detailed, they're getting more expensive, they're getting more time-consuming, and yeah. the, like just if you pad that out with just like you know, like bring back Xbox Live Arcade, like uh, 
like summer of arcade summer of arcade like i want that and like the fact that it's like all coming to game pass like if it's first party or like you know second party investments like that is such a good excuse for game pass it's just like hey every week for the month of june like you're going to get four amazing quality smaller games um I see we're going to see some xCloud stuff shown off just because they announced that like uh, xCloud is coming to Game Pass for free, basically. And so that's yeah. just like streaming Xbox games to other devices that aren't native Xboxes. Like that's incredibly I cool. I have it on my phone. Yeah. So I assume we're going to get that. Um, they're starting to phase out Xbox Live uh, individual. Yeah. Uh, and so I assume we're going to hear more about like their future for subscription software. Um, See, the one thing I don't know, though, is we, they've been very vocal that this is for games. So I don't know if we'll get any like service information here. Um, that's that's the only reason I have hesitation on that. Sure. Um, but again, we, we won't know until. The big things I want to see and I. You know, I expect it. The new Forza, which actually you said, man, you want Forza Horizon 5. I'm sitting over here. Man, I'm glad it's not Forza Horizon 5. I want a new motorsport. Okay. Because it's been so long since we've had one. Sure. And uh, seven, seven, was a lot seven left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth because it essentially had um, loot boxes. But they never had it so you could buy them. You just got loot boxes in game that gave you like not not even like mods, just like challenges that you could use. Like you would open a loot box and it might have like a new driver uniform, which you will never see anyhow. Um, Or it would have like, here's a new challenge and you can activate up to three challenges at one time, like uh, past five get five perfect passes win an extra 10% credits. I don't want to dunk on developers because I, I, I truly think, <clears throat> sorry, don't think I truly know that they're just way smarter than I'll ever be. Just the fact that they yeah. can like wrap their head around certain things that like just seems so foreign to me, but like that just from the outside seems really lazy. Like it's just like taking things that yeah. work in other games and not really thinking about how to apply that best to your game. You know, like, it's just one of those things where it's just like, oh, I have a bandaid. It's like, well, I like, you know, like I lost my finger. It's just like, well, band-aids seem to work for things kind of like that. You know, like, it's just like trying to just put like a round thing into a square hole. Like, it's just a a lot of times it's like the lead designer or the production team or the monetization team that that'll do stuff like that, you know, that that make those decisions. Usually you find with like developers and designers is like they're very passionate about their work, Mm -hmm. but these a lot of these dumb decisions that we talk about all the time are a lot of times like a lead design job or you know like like the upper management that are like you guys got to figure out a way to do this hey man you i've know? done i've work for game devs like i know that's the case but it's also like yeah, yeah it's yeah, also just like sure. man not like this <laughs> you know like yeah yeah what i really hope to see is i hope we see more from hellblade 2 i never um, played the first one so like i, I, I am excited the first one with passion um it, it, it's actually a very special game to me. Um, and I'm very excited to see where they take this next one because at the end, I'm like, at like when they announced the second one, I'm like, this looks awesome. How are they going to do this? Uh, but then, and I doubt we'll see more of it, but they did announce that Project Mara, um, 
I'm very curious to see where that's going. One of the things I like about what Ninja Theory does is they do games based around uh, like mental deficiencies, basically. So like uh, Hellblade was around schizophrenia and they do it in like a horror based scenario, which works very well because and I've had people tell me this and read stuff about it. You know, when dealing with that, it feels like that a lot. So that helps with people who don't have those to understand a little more. And like, that's one of the reasons I absolutely loved Hellblade. So I'm really, really excited to see more on what they're doing. And we're not going to see Perfect Dark Zero. I'm positive, or not Zero, but Perfect Dark. I'm positive for that. Well, George, why don't you wrap us up with your uh, your uh, soapbox here on game passes? All right, yeah, or uh, battle passes. Um, yeah, well, we talked about it a little earlier, and like, I I just think that like. What's interesting to me about Fortnite's Battle Pass is that you're encouraged to do things besides like the main directive of the game. And we talked a little bit about loot boxes just now. Um, I think Battle Passes are so much better than than loot boxes in terms of like monetizing a game. And I know people complain about like, oh, you know, when I was a kid, you bought a game and you had the whole game. It's like, yeah, well, changed. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, like, these games are such bigger investments. And like, not only are they bigger investments, like people are playing them for much longer after. And like, if the devs want to support this, like, I don't know, it costs money to keep the lights on. Like, I, I appreciate that. So I understand, like, why devs are trying to develop monetization, uh, like, after a game's release. Um, but I was just looking at it, and, like, the thing that's annoying about battle passes is just, like, how time-consuming they are. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not even that they want you to play their game, which they do, but they want you, it seems, to, like, exclusively play their game. And that's what's kind of frustrating. So, like, I was just doing, like, a quick tally on all the games that i play with like some kind of regularity that have battle passes and so the four big ones that i still play that have battle passes are magic the gathering arena battlefield 5 fortnite and destiny 2 and so i could realistically get a complete battle pass in one of those games but the fact that there's so many games coming out there's no way i can do it for all the games i'm interested in and I was looking into like the history of it and apparently the first battle pass started with like Dota two. Like that was like the first like major battle pass. And the idea was that like part of the price of the battle pass would go into like a prize pool for people at the international, like at the big Dota tournament. And so just knowing like the origin of battle passes and like how it was all about you getting like some sense of your money back, like, that's kind of being emulated in certain games like Magic the Gathering Arena, where like you get crystals and gold and packs back for participating in events. And those events help you unlock stuff in your battle pass way faster, which gets you more gems and gold to help you unlock the next battle pass. And the only, like the closest I've ever come to completing a battle pass was Destiny 2. I grabbed the um the Vex season last December, I think. And I got up to like level 70 in the battle pass. And then like it was Christmas and I had to go see family and I just like fell off pretty hard. But um, I think it is like a very, very good way to monetize your game. And like, I have no problem throwing 10 bucks a month or sorry, not a month, uh, 10 bucks a season for, you know, four seasons a year or whatever to a game. But the problem is how time consuming that is. And like, that's like, it makes Mm -hmm. the games feel less like escapism and less like entertainment and more like, like a part-time job almost and i guess i'm very curious about how you guys feel about battle passes um no like i i actually agree 
for the most part because part of me at first was like you know yes but also i just kind of hop on for like an hour each night and play some apex Mm -hmm. and i'm going to reach my i'm going to reach level 100 of the battle pass easily and i'll get all the money back so i can basically buy the next battle pass for nothing which is awesome but then i also thought about uh once a week i'm not home so for example yesterday morning i'm like well I'll have to hop on in the morning quick and try and get at least a couple games in and try and get three of my dailies quick. And I'm like, I have other stuff I could be doing, but I'm going to play Apex Yeah, instead. me too. Like exercising or like, you know, reading a book. Yeah, like. yeah for uh, for me, it's, it's kind of the same way. The only battle pass I have any experience in is Apex. And I, I was just playing Apex for free. And you can like get the full Apex experience for completely free, which yep. I think is really impressive with that game. Um, but when I was playing it a lot with my buddies, I, you know, I realized I kept getting battle pass levels. And one day I just randomly decided to, to check out, you know, what, what I was going to get. Cause it's a genius marketing strategy. Um, they tell you, you know, yep. what all the rewards are for the, your battle pass level. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff here that if I pay, like, I think it was like 10 or 15 10 bucks. bucks. Yep. Yeah. 10 bucks. I'm going to get all this. Cause I'm already at level like, you know, 45 or whatever it was. That's, and, that's uh, genius what they do. Like, yeah, it is, yeah, I agree. The fact that you can like retroactively purchase it is so smart. But it's also like, yep. yep. I feel bad spending time because I'm like, I don't have the battle pass. But then I spend so much time where I'm like, well, I might as well buy the battle pass. And then like, it's just, I think we talked about this the last time I was on, where it's just like, any time I spend doing something else is time I'm technically wasting money on some, on this other thing. You know, like every time right, I read right. a comic book on DC Universe that's just money I'm wasting on Marvel Unlimited, you know? And so it's just like trying yeah. to balance that to a point where like you don't feel bad. It, it's no, just yeah. so hard when so many things are asking for your attention, your time and your money these days. Yeah. And it, yeah, it I, I, only I totally understand that. got to that point for me where I noticed I'm like, all right, how many days do I have left? Okay. How many do I, levels do I have left? Oh, I can do this. Okay. And that's when I started to calm down. I'm like, all right, then now I'm not as like, I'm not as worried about, I'm not as worried about like getting everything, getting my money's worth. And, and I was able to calm down more, but it wasn't until that point that I was able to calm down. It very much reminds me of like the wow or pretty much any MMO grind where a lot of times, if you want something specific in an MMO, even if you, you know, you're paying it, you're, you're going to grind and, and work for it for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, it might just be my personal opinion, but I actually prefer the system to the just straight up, DLC system that we had for years because it makes you feel like even though you, you're, there's a there's a small barrier to entry with cost you're at you are working towards something yeah. you're not just buying something and getting it and I think it's more rewarding when you're actually working towards something you're like oh I got you know five more levels until I get you know this skin or whatever it is that you're trying to get um, it, it's more it's a, it's a lot more rewarding it makes you feel like you earned something. And I, I like that quite a bit more. I'm not really worried about, you know, when I'm paying. Because like that, that was the thing with Apex, right? By the time I bought it, I'd already seen all these rewards that I'm going to get. And I'm like, well, I might as well buy it. Because yeah. I'm going to get all this stuff for 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 a super low price. Including all the skins and whatnot that I, that I unlocked. And it just it just made sense to buy it at the time. And then I can work towards stuff, you know, future if I, if I get there. I, I didn't buy the Battle Pass with the intention of ever reaching the max level i don't think i'm gonna do it but it's 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 the fact that like oh okay well for 
10 bucks, I might as well buy it. And then I get all this stuff and I'll get future stuff for free. But had, had they not shown me you what wouldn't. I was going to get retroactively, like yeah. George said, I, I would have never bought it. You know, that, that it's a genius marketing strategy. They really hit the nail on the head. I, I actually just bought the Battle Pass like two weeks ago. And it was it was after a while because it kept coming up. You know, if you buy the Battle Pass now, you get all this already. And that's when I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit level 100. I might as well just get it because like, it's like, all right, I'm getting all this stuff. I'm going to do it. I'll mm-hmm. give it the money. That's, that's yeah. where it finally hit for me. Yeah. It makes just, sense. Just something to think about just cause like, I, I do think it is like the best monetization I've seen like in my lifetime, like, cause it adds like another layer to the game. And like even game pass does it to some extent where like you get achievements every day. You play something from, game pass you get achievements every time you log into the mobile app you get achievements every time you download something to your console from the mobile app and so like you're not you're not paying for anything outside of the subscription but just the fact that like they incentivize you to do things over and over again and just like people make fun of me about for this but i get like the microsoft reward points on bing and like almost every month i get five bucks off my phone card because of getting reward points just by doing random stuff yeah People can make fun of you, but five bucks is five bucks. Exactly. I think this is like a great monetization. My fear is that more games are going to do this. And like, that's what freaks me out is that like the only way to like really progress is to spend 30 hours a week. Like I loved, did you guys play the original destiny that much? No, a little bit. All right. So they had this system where you basically get bounties and then they had like daily heroic stuff where like if you basically played like a mission from the campaign on hard, you'd get a certain amount of tokens that you could like use on your character. And then there were bounties that you could have a week to complete and then bounties that you had a day to complete. Um, And so like you can kind of see like the seeds of some quest lines, I guess, like where you do have like weekly goals, daily goals, all that stuff like in battle passes today. But like it felt more like oh, I'm just going to play Destiny for 15 minutes and get my dailies done, and then my dailies will contribute towards my weeklies, and then my weeklies will right. you know cash in at the end of the week or whatever. And then like oh I'm close, like I'll just push through on a Sunday and just get it done like before the refresh on Tuesday, whatever. And like that's great, but like it was just so much faster than it feels like it was like even in Fortnite. And like there's no there's no pressure for Fortnite, but like every time characters or sorry every time levels you unlock like a new character uh skin and it's just like oh fuck well like here's one where like there's like a cat riding the front wheel of a motorcycle to power a mech like i kind of want that character and it sounds pretty cool right um and so it's just like the amount of time that they're asking you to spend to do it is just like this is cool but it's only cool if three games do this every game can't do this otherwise like i'm just going to have to drop games like it really becomes like inexclusive at that point where like it feels like a couple years ago you could get away with playing the division you could get away with playing destiny you could get away with playing black ops 3 you know like as, as they were all out at the same time and you could spend time and all yeah. progressively and inch along and in all of them but like just the way things are going now where this seems to be like a completely more favorable version of making money like i i'm so for this but if everything does it you have to commit at one point and like yeah i'm wondering right now like okay on ps5 am I going to stick with destiny two as like my main time sink? Or am I going to graduate to the Avengers? Like, right. cause they're both like games of service games. And I assume that game's going to have a battle pass too. And it's like, well, I don't want to spend 20 bucks a month for each game to yeah. not get the full amount of money. Otherwise, like I'm wasting money. And I don't know if you guys know this, uh, there's a pandemic and like, I would rather not waste money right now if I didn't have yeah. to, you know? Yeah, um, true. 
Exactly. And so it's just like sort of like it really is like it feels like everything in Persona that stressed me out about Persona. We're like, it's like, man, do I do I go to my job or do I hang out with my friends? But like it, it's just like in terms <laughs> of like it's supposed to be completely stress free. It's supposed to be entertainment. It's supposed to be escapism. But like I'm sitting here having like mini panic attacks being like, well, what like do I have to pick my major now? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was just like something that's been on the back of my mind for the past like week or so thinking about it just being stressed out for no real reason um no it makes sense yeah i I agree games are a copycat culture and if uh if every game goes that way it's going to create problems we're already kind of seeing those problems when it comes to like uh these games as a service you know whether it's destiny 2 or overwatch or anthem like all these games are coming out that require massive time commitments and people just people just aren't going to jump to them if they already have something they're committed to so i think that was a lot of anthem's problem too also there wasn't a lot of content in anthem but all there wasn't even a battle pass for anthem man (laughs) yeah well well, i'm saying like like it's the same it's the same idea though right like people are committed to these games already dumping so much time into these games they don't they, they they can't possibly play all these games as a service at the same time and they're they're just dropping games and if the game's not intriguing enough at least in the first quarter or whatever they're not going to stick to it what's Uh, weird is like it feels like the early 2000s when there was like a whole bunch of like new sports just kind of like being introduced out of nowhere and it's just like what sport is going to stick around you know and so like the x games came up in like the mid 90s and like those have thankfully stuck around because i think they're pretty cool but it's also just like finding out it's like oh no wall ball extreme is coming out like wonderful (laughs) so we talk about this 10 years from now it's like no we're not yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right george well i think we're gonna wrap up there i know you got to get going here in a bit yeah i got a destiny 2 right i gotta go hit up um well thank you for joining us thanks it's always a pleasure having you on always thanks guys it's fun uh remember you can find us on twitter at Frameskip Pod. You can find us individually at Seth S. Taylor, at Austin J. Eller, and Elijah is at Local Lizardman. Uh, George, what's your Twitter tag again? Uh, you can find me at, uh, at PurpleBird616. And also check out uh, Shortbox Pod and Another Game Podcast, right? Yeah, uh, at Another yep. Game Pod. Um, me and Fabio, we're excited, happy. Doing our, our little corner of the games industry, got to have you guys on soon. As soon as we figure out how to do multiple people recording <laughs> in multiple seconds, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think uh, Seth, you're going to come on soon for Shortbox Summary. We've been reading uh, the Pulp, absolutely, and we've been reading uh, Secret War, the 2004 series. I'm super excited for that. I've been reading Daredevil and New X Men to set the stage for all that stuff, but I'm I'm pumped. Um, so yeah, me too, man. Me too. I'm super excited for that. Yeah. So look look forward to that next week. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to leave us a good review if you did and subscribe. And until next time, keep on gaming.